Happy Monday and welcome back to Consumering. I'm your host, Rachel Martin. Consumering is a podcast for investors and brand builders looking to gain a deeper understanding of their consumers, the people who invest in them. Every week, I interview a different type of consumer to talk about all sorts of topics ranging from their shopping habits to social media habits and much, much more. No topic is off limits. Let's get started. Quiet in the back room, please. In today's episode of Consumering, I interview Ryan Casada, who is an influencer in the transgender community. He started influencing at the age of 14. He's now 24. Let's hear his story. My name is Ryan Casada. I am based in Los Angeles and I am 24 years old. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, actor, writer. Um, and, uh, you know, social media influencer. And my Instagram username is at Ryan Casada, R-Y-A-N-C-A-S-S-A-T-A. Great. And, you know, it seems like L.A. is kind of a very popular place for, you know, it's either New York or L.A. or, you know, big cities. Um have you always lived in LA or did you move when you sort of became an influencer? No, um, I'm actually from Long Island and um, I moved out here to LA two years ago to just get uh, basically like to meet people, make more connections and just come out here to like be in the music industry. Interesting. Okay. So from from Long Island, do you do you miss it? No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I I, I can, ima- I can I imagine miss, why. I miss my mom's cooking, but that's that's it, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So tell me, you know, in the pre-screening call, you kind of t- told me a little bit about like how you got store- started. Mm-hmm. But can you um, just, like, take me back and tell me sort of, like, what what motivated you, you know, like, how, how long, one, how long ago was it? Um, and, yeah, how did you get started? Sure. Um, basically, I got started when I was around, uh, I was, like, 13 years old, and I was living on Long Island, and of course, uh, you know, this is like 12 years ago almost, so it was like pretty conservative and everything, and um, I had uh, come out as being queer and was getting bullied a lot, so I got sent to the LGBT center, and um, from there, I started making friends with other LGBT people for the first time, and I ended up, you know, I had like a story that people could relate to and I could also articulate it in a way that people could understand it. So I started, um, I joined a team there at the LGBT center called the safe schools team. This is on Long Island. And, um, I was, uh, I was at the LGBT center like four to five days a week. Um, I was being professionally trained to be a public speaker and I, gave my first speech when I was 13 and it was, I was like the keynote speaker at this, um, it was called like, uh, on the Bay. It was like this fundraiser party that like a lot of people came and 
I gave my speech, and after that, I was interviewed by Go Magazine, um, and that was actually my first press, Go Magazine, and it's actually a lesbian magazine, so it's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Um, now, you know, now being uh, out as a trans guy for over 10 years, but so I got, basically, like, I got involved being, like, uh, a public figure from volunteering, so I, I started doing that, and then from there, I went on the Larry King live show and the Tyre Banks show. And those shows happened because I was I was traveling all over Long Island with this team speaking at schools. I was becoming a better speaker. I was becoming more articulate. And I was just educating people. And they're, they're really, like, at this time, there really wasn't many transgender people out at all in the world. So my motivation for going on the Larry King live show was um, it wasn't for like fame or anything. I didn't even have my last name on the show. I went on that show because I thought if I went on that show as a 15 year old kid, who's openly trans that I would reach other people that were also trans and my age, because there's no way back then for us to find each other. Um, And like nothing was connected yet. So I went on this show and it was kind of, honestly, it was kind of like my message in a bottle to the world and like uh, going on the show. And it's like, you know, the police song when he, he, uh, the end, he wakes up and there's like a bunch of bottles on the shore Mm -hmm. and he says, it seems I'm not alone in being alone because I felt so alone. And then after that show aired, I received hundreds and hundreds of letters from trans people all over the world wow that were going through the same thing as me so I was like whoa like we're all going through this you know none of us are alone so it was a really powerful thing and that 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 became my motivation like okay like how could I reach more people so that people don't have to go through this loneliness that I went through and they don't have to go through this just this like distress you know of not knowing anyone that's like them Hmm. What was that? Yeah, like what? I mean, that must have been at at that age. That must have been such a scary thing to like just you, you make yourself so vulnerable like that. What was what were sort of the emotions that you felt by just like putting it all out there? Um, I think you know, I was I was definitely ready to do that. I think it was very um difficult at the time because both of my parents were not calling me Ryan or using uh the correct pronouns and it was you know I didn't really have like a lot of family support then at all so um I was you know I just like went on alone and then I went on the show and then I went back to my high school and now I'm out to every single person you know so mm-hmm. it's like I came out to the entire world at once on the Larry King live show, you know, cause you know, my friends knew for like a year and a half before or whatever, but like some people in my extended family didn't know. And a lot of people didn't know. So yeah, I came out to like everyone at once. How, you know, like over the years, how have your parents responded like how have they changed are they yeah both of my parents came around uh took my mom about a year 
because um, I was I was out to my mom for like a year before Larry King aired, and when she saw that air, she was on it with me, calling me the wrong name and pronouns. So <laughs> when she saw it air, this is like a year after I came out to her, she was like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you Ryan now, and uh, it shifted overnight like that. Um, and my dad took about four years. It was uh, a mm. harder process with him uh because I was like the only daughter and um actually released a song like six months ago called daughter and it's about my relationship with my dad how he struggled at first um but now he accepts me as his son and I tell him like um you know I am your son but part of me is still your daughter because really they just they mean the same thing if you're loved unconditionally, you know? So mm. um, that was, like, my way of just saying, like, I understand, Dad. And, um, yeah, my parents, they struggled, you know? And, I mean, this is, this is like, before trans was, like, in the media a lot. And Yeah, true. There, there, was, there was nothing back then. There's, like, six YouTubers. There's, like, five surgeons in the entire country. And it was just, like, basic times you know for yeah rough times for us so well good for you for having the courage that's really that's wonderful when did you like actually decide okay I'm going to use my create a brand on Instagram like to how did that come about it kind of just all happened pretty naturally for me I never was like oh I'm gonna do this you know I'm gonna be an influencer and like that wasn't even really like a word back when I started doing YouTube videos um I just I went on YouTube to connect with other people that was like my main goal and um this is before like YouTube had ads and you couldn't you know you didn't make money at all on it and it was just to connect with other people um so that's what I would do and are you using your influencer brand as more like for the transgender community or it's uh you know like giving giving them support or is it mostly for your music like how are you using it now yeah uh basically i i like i just post things that i want to post um that relate to my life or things that i'm involved with um i my my uh following is very mixed so uh there are a lot of trans people but there's also a lot of cis people so it's it's pretty even I would say um so I just I try to talk to everyone you know just like my message is just like stay true stay you so that literally is like universal relates to everyone you know it just means be yourself so I just put that message out like you could be whoever you are you know and be whoever you are so that's what I've been putting putting up on there. And um, there's like, you know, a lot of uh, there is some trans stuff. There's a lot of stuff about my music. There's activist work I'm doing. There's uh, things that I've acted in. There's just like a whole bunch of stuff. It's just like basically a portfolio of my my life on Instagram. You have a YouTube account. You have a Instagram. Are you anywhere else? Any, do you use any other platforms? Yeah, I use Twitter a little bit. Um, Twitter's like where 
I post everything that I won't post anywhere else. Uh, why? Yeah, why, I don't know. why is that? I don't know. I think because my family's, like, not on it. So I'm like, oh, I could just post things. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So, so what kind of things might it be? Um, maybe, like, more funny things or just, like, random things. Just not nothing, like. My Twitter isn't very serious. That's, like, I don't know. I feel like Twitter is just, like, a weird concept now at this point. But, like, Instagram really took over. Even, like, Facebook pages are, like, dead, you know? It's, like, you have to, like, pay for an ad if you want your post to be seen. So they kind of, like, ruined Facebook. I guess how do you decide on sort of, like, what you're going to put out on youtube versus instagram yeah youtube i i just um speak about things that are going on in my life i don't really focus on youtube a lot anymore and i i don't really consider myself a youtuber anymore either but for youtube i do i do do a lot of like branded content on youtube or have done in the past so people send me like their product and i'll make a video about it and I do the same thing for Instagram too, but it's a picture instead of a video. So Instagram, I've been able to reach more people, even though I have less of a following on Instagram, my analytics are higher on Instagram because I think more people use it now than YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you plan your posts or is it just like, I'm eating breakfast? Here's a photo. (laughs) No, I honestly, I don't do a lot of selfies. And I just like don't take a lot of selfies in general. So most of the photos on my Instagram are photos that other people took of me. And I do, uh, I am um, an ambassador for Tomboy X, which is a clothing brand. And so I I do do a lot of posts for them. So I'm, I'm constantly wearing Uh, their underwear, their t-shirts, and doing posts for them. But I just, like, incorporate my my life or what's on my mind and put it up on there, you know? So what kind of brands capture your attention? Like, will you reach out to brands or do they find you? Yeah, I don't really reach out, to be honest. Um, I just wait for people to reach out to me. Um, and then, like, with my, like, my friends, some of my friends have clothing companies, so, of course, I'll, you know, post their stuff uh, for free, you know, if they, like, give me a t-shirt, I'll post it, you know, uh, if I like it. I, I pretty much will only post things if I actually like what it is, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. there's been yeah, a so- lot that I've just, they've sent me the product, and then I've just, like, no, I can't post this because I'm not going to promote something that like doesn't work or is like uncomfortable. Yeah. Can you give an example? You don't have to mention the brand, of course, (laughs) but um, we're not brand bashing on this podcast, but just sort of like the type that doesn't feel right to you, the type of brand that might not feel right to you to post about. Mm -hmm. Um, Some, some are like, I've, so I'm, uh, Tomboy X is mainly an underwear company, so I work a lot with them, but since, like, doing a bunch of, like, underwear photos, a lot of other underwear companies have reached out to me and, like, sent me products, and most of them have been, like, really uncomfortable, and then there's, there was one that literally, like, 
it wasn't paid and like they kind of like made me believe that if I posted their products on my page they would post me on theirs and they had like a pretty big Instagram following and I did the picture it was like a good picture and I got people to follow and and everything and then they like would not post me on their page and Hmm. I looked on their page and literally it was it was all um uh, cis gay men that are like super masculine and like super in tone bodies, you know, and, and just like, I don't like, so of course they're not going to post like a, a little trans guy that's not, you know, on hormones and just has like a mm-hmm. pretty average body type. So it's like, I, so after that, I was like, I'm, I'm not working with you guys anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been stuff like that, that I just don't agree with. And after I did that one, I did tell, I told, I told my, my following, like, you know, um, I'm not going to support this company anymore and don't use my code to buy anything with them and blah, blah, blah. Cause they obviously don't support trans people, but they're using the trans community. And there's been several brands that send you'll like on Instagram, you'll see like all of a sudden a bunch of trans guys with followings on Instagram will all be wearing the same shirt in a post. And the brands will not post us on their page. So they're, like, using the trans community. We're not getting paid. And they they just – they use us to promote their brands but will not promote us back or give us a payment of some sort. How has social media, like, impacted your life? (laughs) Yeah, it definitely has impacted my life. Um, um, I Basically, I spend my entire day working – it's like that's just like how it is especially if you live in LA and you're trying to make it out here so um I do like check my emails when I wake up and check my DMs and see if there's anything that like I have to take care of and um I have like (coughs) excuse me I have a table in my house with like it's just like filled up with stuff that I have to take pictures with (laughs) so really it's it's constantly like oh god okay like, what can I post today? But, like, I also don't want to post, like, too much branded content. So I try to, like, space things out. And But there's, like, a bunch of stuff that I, like, I you know, I signed up to promote. So I have to to do it if, if I like it. So tell me a bit more about, like, your relationship with your followers. I try, like, honestly, I try to answer as many of my DMs as possible. As long as they're not, like, creepy, like, weird. I don't – I get a lot of weird, like, sexual messages from people. But um, I try to answer as many as I can. A lot of them is, like, to refer people to resources. Um, Some people just want to tell me how my music's impacted their life. So, um, I yeah, I try to, like, really interact with everyone because I think that it just – I don't know. It's cool to, like, interact. And honestly, like, I've – some of my closest friends in my life now I made friends with on Instagram years ago and they became, you know, maybe they were like fans, quote unquote, at first. But like some of them are like my my really good friends now. Mm-hmm. Great. So you never know That's... like who you're going to connect with. And, you know, some people say that social media is like bad for them or, you know, it's like really 
it's a positive experience for them. And I know like as an influencer, it's like a very, you know, it's your brand. It's, Mm -hmm. you have a very positive experience, but like, are there any negatives that you see Mm -hmm. to, and what are those? Um, Yeah, definitely. A lot of people uh, message me and they want me to share about things that I don't really speak about. Um, Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not, like, radical with anything I do, so I don't, like, post radical messages, but some people want me to, like, say, like, really crazy things, you know, or, the, or some people are, like, some people have told me, like, you need to use your following to forward this message, and it's, it's all luck that you, you got this, and blah, 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 and, like, things like that get me really angry, because I've literally been working every single day of my life to get where I am, and... With like in, with an, a lot of volunteer work, so um, mm-hmm. nothing nothing I have is from luck. Every once in a while, so, someone will have like a viral video or post, but you have to after something goes viral, you have to maintain that. So it's like, and you have to you know you have to keep captivating people. So you can't. A lot of people go viral and they're they're literally like famous for fifteen minutes, but they can't sustain it for the rest of their life unless they put a lot of work into it I guess what is your hope for your brand oh basically like my goal is to make a living from doing art so like from doing music and and acting um I just want to like be able to do that I don't um I don't really see myself like doing the YouTube thing much, but I want to just, I just want to be able to like put songs out in the world and a lot of people listen to them. So that's been like my goal this whole time since I was a kid. (laughs) So I think that there's this perception that being an influencer is all glam. Um, You know, you get, you get sent products and you're constantly like you have all these friends and you're you know you're so popular like you get to go to cool advice uh cool events is it all glam um some of it's glam some of it's like really lonely in a way um isolating I would say isolating um a lot of it like uh you never know who to trust like this and that's like that's been a very big a uh, problem with me is a lot of people have tried to use me or have succeeded at using me to 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 forward their own thing you know so um uh, there's like there's like these trust issues that come with a lot of us and that's like a pretty valid thing for for a lot of us um so that's like the part that's like really dark about it is sometimes you have to isolate and sometimes you have to be like you have to kind of like question people's motives a lot and it's it's glam is definitely a thing like I get uh one of my favorite things is I get invited to a lot of movies before they come out so it's like almost every week I get invited to a movie there's been other ones where I've gotten to go to premieres of movies and uh be there with the actors and be in parties with the actors and um I, it's just it's like that's like the glam part you know it's like putting on a suit and showing up to some like cool fancy Hollywood event 
like, what do you think the future of influencing is going to be, you know, down the road and, you know, even just like three to five years? Is it going to be the same? How do you imagine it changing? I think the, like, something good to do is to leave something behind, like leave your mark on the world. So what do you like? That's like my question to influencers. If your Instagram account was deleted or Instagram just went away, would you still be somebody? Did you leave anything for humanity? You know, were you like, were you in TV shows? Did you make music? Did you make art? Uh, Are you like giving speeches? Like, what do you do besides promote brands and yourself? So that's like that's what I I want to I want to know how that's going to pan out. Like, what are these are a lot of these in, Instagrammers and influencers going to be remembered for anything? Yeah. So that's that that's like what I mean. What do you think? Like, based on the influencers that maybe you follow or you've met, is there anything beyond Instagram for them? A a lot of people, I would say, there's not much. Um, what would be your advice? Um, we're going to wrap up soon, but we're, what would be your advice to sort of, you know, you are still very young, but um, your younger influencer self? I wished I was more educated before I was in the spotlight, but I was like really young. So it makes sense. But like, I've said like some stupid things when I was a teenager and people still like judge me for it too. Um, Mm. but I wish like I was more, I wish I was more educated when I was younger so that I could be, you know, I could use the right terminology and I could not offend people and and stuff like that. But, um, I think it's just like the territory of being young. So do you ever regret a post now? And do you, do you ever like quickly take something down or how does that work for you? With some, like, Instagram things, I've had to take stuff down. I've taken a lot of my earlier posts down because, like, when Instagram started, not many people were on it. So, like, some of my posts have, like, 30 likes. And then mm-hmm. it's that messes up my analytics for, like, brands, you know. So I've, I've taken down a lot of posts so that my analytics reflect more of how my Instagram is now. Have you noticed, I'm, I'm sure you have, but, like, what kind of posts get the – best the most uh, number of likes versus ones that oh yeah less <laughs> popular what are those the ones that get the most likes are posts that are like kind of like emotional like if you're sharing something deep or like a, a really hopeful message um and also like anything that's slightly sexual gets more you know hmm <laughs> Which I mean, that's America, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is kind of annoying. Yeah. So does that does that drive you to like try to create more of those posts, or what is what's your reaction to that? I've honestly like I have not I have not been overly sexual on Instagram. I've been pretty neutral, like. I model underwear, but I never do it with, like, I never do it in, like, a really, like, sexy way. I just, like, am modeling the underwear, you know? So I'm, like, I'm very, uh, 
I'm more cl- classy about it, I guess. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I don't – I have, like, parents and stuff that follow my Instagram, you know? I don't want to <laughs> post, like, weird stuff to them, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I would rather just post, like, more music stuff. Yep. And any advice what, – what advice might you have for someone looking to become an influencer? Uh, definitely, like, build up post – definitely, like, people – a lot of times people forget to, like, include their personality on things. So, like, show who you are to the world and, like, make them like your story, you know. And uh, I think people get attached more to stories than – to an appearance so I think it's important to showcase who you are like what have you been through what what drives you what's your passion what makes you different Mm -hmm. great well thank you so much Ryan I think that's it if you don't have anything else to add I think that's all cool cool thank you so much Thank you for being a part of the Consumer Immersion today. What did you find insightful? Be sure to join the discussion on Twitter at ConsumeringPod. This podcast is brought to you by Remcal Insights, a qualitative research company for startups and private equity firms needing consumer and category intelligence basically yesterday. If you have any feedback on the podcast or want to find out how you can reach your consumer, email rachel at remcalinsights.com. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. See you next time on Consumering.